the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. My name is Spud Goodman. Spud <laughs> man. <laughs> Welcome to our show. Pull up a chair if you're home, and if you're driving right now, you don't have to pull over on the side of the road or anything. Just continue on to where you're headed, but at least give us like 60% of your undivided attention. Anything less would not be adequate or fair, and anything more would not be prudent or safe. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure I would have a difficult time listening to, to my show if, if I was driving. I, I get distracted too easily. Like if I heard my say some, you know, if I heard myself, you know, say anything at all that annoyed me, I would face a dilemma. I could change the channel, but that would be another self-destructive, self-hating gesture that my therapist feels I need to, you know, get a handle on. So it's probably best I just listen to this show, you know, on iTunes in the privacy of my apartment sometime down the road, all right? So, yeah, it's a, it's a much wiser option. So now I, I should introduce our designated laugher. Yeah, my Aunt Dorothy. Why don't you uh, drop a quick snappy chuckle on us? Okay, how's this? <laughs> uh, well... You know, not overly impressive, but it'll do. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I thought I could have gotten more emotion involved. Yeah. You know, really sell it. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, mm. so now I'm obligated to introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Very briefly verify that you are, in fact, in the studio with the rest of us. Yeah, okay. How would you like me to verify my presence? You because, already have. That's well, good. there are many ways I could do it. Well, like, for instance, I could recite the lyrics to a song from, you know, that hit play Hamilton. My wife and I have been listening to the soundtrack a lot on our hi-fi. Really? They, oh, there are a number of catchy tunes, Spud. Now listen, some of them are a little bit too <laughs> rappy for me, but they cover some of our country's history mm -hmm. back in the day when we established our independence from England and formed America. Uh, it's all fake news. Yeah, I was going to interrupt you as you're on a roll there, but I do not believe you really bought the soundtrack to Hamilton. No way. Well, you the guy who owns the complete catalog of the Oak Ridge Boys? <laughs> To, you know, to be fair, I did not say that my wife and I actually bought it. Uh, a friend of ours from church gave it to us. I guess their family didn't feel real comfortable with some of the uh, up-tempo numbers on it. Uh. Uh, you know, maybe it was the booming sound, because there's, there's way too much bass in some of those songs. Yeah. I, I don't know for sure, okay. because they, they didn't tell me. But we do enjoy it very much, though. I mean, well... Maybe not the music so much, but there's so much history on it, or, or so I've been told. Stop being a weak! I bet you don't like the 
kids listen to it, though, right? No, 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 no. No, not at their age right now. When, when they all go away to college, hopefully BYU, fingers crossed, I'm sure they'll be exposed yeah. to a number of things that are appropriately provocative and, you know, will be old enough to process that sort of thing. You know, for the time being, Rachel and I, we, we play it when the kids are out of the house. Um, um, you suck! Yeah, crank up the Oak Ridge boys and shower them with mediocrity and hoard oh. the uplifting, inspirational entertainment for just you and your wife. Very giving of you as parents. Yeah, and really? here's yeah. a fact for you, Gerald. Those old geezers in that group aren't boys anymore. It, Mrs. Jarvitz, when our kids are ready, we will expose them to all sorts of music that's not appropriate now. Like, uh, oh, Broadway show tunes and maybe uh, that Kid Rock or uh, maybe Ted Nugent album later later on in life. Oh, brother. Well, we, we don't own anything like that now, but we've heard they're very popular. I, that's uh, frankly offensive. Well, let's move on to what I wanted to bring up tonight. Yeah. You know, I saw this segment on TV this week. It, it was about this this malady or, or whatever they call it. it it's the Dunning-Kruger effect, and, and I see it all around me, especially here at work in the studio. Ooh, yeah. The Dunning-Kruger effect. I, I, I'm not familiar with that. Is, is it like a disease or an allergy? <laughs> I, I can Google it right now if you give me a second. Yeah, you can Google it if you want, okay. uh, as you, of all people in the studio, should take a serious look at this condition. The, the dumbed-down version is, not-so-smart people think they're actually really, really smart. And, that, and that's kind of the gist of it, you know? Because I guess two Cornell psychologists who coined this in 1999, I wrote their names down here just a sec, uh, David Dunning and Justin Kruger, they were pretty bright dudes. I think hmm. everyone knows people with this Dunning-Kruger effect. They're everywhere. In fact, we have a president in the White House suffering from this. Yeah, facts and friends starts right now. I think I've read an article about this in Psychology Today. It does seem to be quite prevalent these days for sure. Uh, again, I will have to further research this whole topic before I can comment on it. A lack of knowledge on a topic has never stopped you from commenting on anything on this program. You know that. Well, uh, anyway, that's, by the way, just another trait that goes with this effect. But right now I have to introduce our musical guest, who I will be speaking with, you know, later on. Um... This is a band who uh, who hail from Seattle, Washington. They're four women, and uh, they're very strong women. So here they are. Say hello to Matriarch.
is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, this is Robert Hayes. You may remember me from Airplane, but uh, I'm looking for a little help. For some reason, I wound up here in the Spud Goodman Show, and uh, I have no idea why. Uh, Spud, yeah. your first guest, LeVar Burton, is waiting to speak with you. You know, he is a very famous actor. Yeah, I know this. I'm not going to say anything dumb. I have yeah. a few questions that I've jotted down here, and, you know... Oh, well, oh, hey, I, I think LeVar is really hot, but not that anyone really should be objectified for their physical gifts. Yeah, I know you've always been a big fan of his. And yes. It's a good thing you won't be asking him any questions, Aunt Dorothy. No offense, but you know, having crushes on guests tends to compromise the professional dynamic necessary for a well-conducted interview. I don't understand. Oh, if you say so. You know, I'm a fan too, but I, I could maybe just keep my emotions in a little bit better check. Hell will freeze over. Spud, maybe I could just ask a quick question. No, it's not about happening. When he was on it's not happening. You know, he's a really serious guy, so put him through before he reconsiders doing this thing, okay? Oh, right. Here he is. Please welcome actor, director, and author LeVar Burton. Thanks a lot for coming on our show. You're welcome. How are you doing? Pretty good. So you're going to be appearing in Seattle at the Neptune Theater on the 6th at 8 p.m. Tickets are still available online or at the door. The event is billed uh, LeVar Burton Reads Live, correct? That's correct. It is a live version of my podcast. Super. All right. Um, now, now, you spent many years promoting reading and education. You have an in-depth knowledge of children in the learning process. How would you describe the current intellectual the intellectual capacity, let's just say, of adults in this country? They, they seem to quit reading once they get their driver's license or turn 21. Can, can you do anything to help make our adults smarter? That's not really my experience. Um, I encountered daily uh, a lot of people who continue to read past getting their driver's license. Um, of course, there are many examples, Kanye, Donald Trump, of adults who proclaim themselves proudly to be non-readers, but yeah. I think they're pretty much in the minority. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever tuned into, like, Fox and Friends. They're sure not helping the problem, but that, that's another topic. But anyway, um, you know, uh, on this program, we're discussing uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's the definition. I haven't. Okay. Enlighten me. Yeah, well, it's a cognitive bias wherein people of low ability have a false sense of superiority, mistakenly assessing their cognitive abilities as greater than it is. My co-host suffers from it, I believe. But anyway, the good thing about working with kids, I am betting, that none of them have this, as they're so honest and without pretense. It must be way more fun working with kids, huh? Well, I, I love working with kids. <laughs> I'm not, like I said, I'm not familiar with this um, phenomenon that you're referring to, but I do find kids to be um, fairly honest in their assessments about what they're, they're passionate about, what they like, what they don't like, um, and what they're good at, and, and what they're not good at. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like kids... I 
And I don't have a child myself, but uh, I think I would relate much better to that in terms of if in a working environment. Uh, I don't know. Um, so, so Lavar, let me let me hit you with this one. Um, you remain a beloved character from Star Trek's The Next Generation. I mean, you had the, the coolest sort of shades in the history of TV. Do people still bug you on the street and at malls calling you Lieutenant Junior uh, uh, Great uh, LaForge? Do, do they still hit you with that? Well, first of all, Jordy wasn't a, a junior grade for but the first season, and I don't consider it bugging me. People enjoy the the series, continue to enjoy the series, and um, oh, I'm yeah. myself am yeah. a Star Trek fan. Spud, yeah, well, you should have known that Lavar's character, Lieutenant Junior Grade Jordy LaForge, was promoted during the show's run. You you really need to do more research before your interviews. Uh, Lavar, just just a moment. But okay, I plead guilty. Uh, I sh- I should have known that rank was only in the first season. Yes, Jeez. he later became the USS Enterprise's chief engineer. He was really good on that show. All right, all right. What can I say? I dropped the ball. Can I get back to the interview? Well, it seems to me like you overestimated your own intelligence with this interview. Um, sounds very Dunning-Kruger effect-esque to me. Yeah, I don't think so. All right, I'm back. That's okay. It's all good. Well, you know what? In your role on Roots playing Kunta Kinte, it may have been one of the most historically significant performances in the history of television. I think that's that's a fact. Uh, and I know you've probably been asked this a million times, but uh, here goes. Uh, how difficult was it deciding what to do next after that miniseries? Because you were such a household name and iconic figure as soon as it aired the first night. I was just curious, how tough was it after the project? Um... It was a matter of just determining, you know, what the universe was putting in front of me and um, feeling my way through that. My first job after Roots was uh, actually on on PBS. It was um, an episode of a series called The American Short Story, um, and I I was uh, I, I was asked to be in a um, an episode based on a story by Richard Wright called Almost a Man, huh. directed by Stan Lathan. Oh, super. All right. Well, do you ever pop in a VHS tape of Roots now and then just, just to relive how great you were? Because, I mean, you were. I mean, you were amazing. So I'm just curious. Do you ever pop one in ever? Well, I've got the DVDs. Um, um, I possess the VHS cassettes, but I no longer possess a VHS player. Yeah, I know. That's the hard part because I got a ton of them. But I was just, yeah, I just wondered if you had the original VHS, but all right. I do. I do. I do. Okay, super. All right. But, alas, no, no, no way to play them. Yeah, I know. I know. That's, that's my issue. All right. Well, to close our conversation, I kind of have to ask my cliche standard entertainment industry one. Uh, so here goes. Uh, LeVar Burton, what has been your most memorable moment in show business? I'm going to have to go with this one right now. You know, a lot of people have said that over the years. I've been around like 20-some years, and a lot of... I can't count how many times people have said that. I I, I guess you're being serious, so I, I'll take it as a compliment. I, 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 I genuinely believe you should. Okay, yeah. But you don't have to take my word for it. All right, well, I'm going to, actually. All right, well, let me remind everyone that you will be appearing at the Neptune Theater in Seattle on the 6th at 8 p.m., um, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for checking in with us because I know you're really busy. Folks can uh, still get tickets. They're available at LeVarBurtonPodcast.com slash tour. Um, come on out and uh, hear a story. 
Oh, oh, yeah, let me hit you with the, the podcast thing. Where can people find your podcast? Duh. Uh, wherever you download your podcast. The podcast is called LeVar Burton Reads. All right, super. Well, there you have it, Mr. LeVar Burton. This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, Spud, uh, the show's resident psychic, Ted Marr, is holding for you. Well, do his plug and put him through. Right, right. Uh, Ted Marr's Out of This World can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on KKNW, 1150 a.m. in Seattle and on the web. Say hello to the Spud Goodman Show resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. How's it going? Hey, Spud. It's great to talk to you today. Yeah, on this show, I wanted to discuss the topic of Ouija boards. You know, they have mystic powers, or at least that's what I've been told over the years, like maybe even a bit of intervention from the devil. Is There are some churches that have banned them, and banned stuff's always cooler than non-banned stuff, right? So what's your take on them? Well, Ouija boards are a little bit like walking in downtown Los Angeles or Chicago. You never know. It, it, it does connect you with, to the spirit side of things. However, uh, because there's no filters on Ouija boards, you can get some really negative spirits as uh-huh. well as some good ones. And because it's such a, 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 a Russian, uh, it's a roulette wheel that you, there's really no control of whether you get a good spirit or bad spirit. I advise most people to stay away from Ouija boards only because there's no control over um, what, what kind of entity you get. Uh, a lot of negative entities will come through Ouija boards, and if you're, and a lot of kids will play with Ouija boards too, and then they they attach themselves. Uh, to you as a young person, they'll be with you your whole life and cause lots of problems. So mm. as a general rule of thumb, I, I advise people to stay away from them. Um, there's uh, there's other ways to contact the spirit world, which I can be happy to tell you. Right. Well, are they a direct competitor to psychics? I don't know who would actually prefer getting their intel from a game board sold at Target rather than a live breathing person. I, I can't see how they're direct competition for you. <laughs> well, that's a good question. But... Um, uh, always when I do my readings, but I cover myself in a bubble of white light. Then I put a series of mirrors uh, around me to, to deflect any negativity that comes in. And then I do a special meditation um, to bring in um, uh, additional great spirits so that um, I'm fully protected when I do my readings. But Ouija boards, a lot of times people will use them without any protections. And that's, what, that's when you get some negative entities coming in and they can influence you in a negative way. Hmm. And that's why I recommend most people stay away from them. Well, Spud. Yeah. Well, you know, everyone knows Ouija boards are conduits of Satan and the supernatural. Yeah. Nothing good will come from anyone seeking guidance out of this tool of the occult. Hey, Ted, uh, just a second here. Okay. You just made Ouija boards sound cool. You know that, right? Well, listen, I would never allow one of those in our home. The devil's all around us as it is. Really? Why give him a direct line to our children? And pets, for that matter. I don't think Satan will mess with pets. If he did, then I would really be pissed. Well, just turn your back on Ouija boards, Spud. Trust me on this one. Well, I'm sure not going to go out and buy one, that's for sure. I might borrow one from a friend sometime. Just let me get back to Ted. You're messing me up here. All right, I've returned. Thank you. 
let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of a Ouija board going rogue and dispensing highly classified information like if the North Koreans or Iranians used one to get our secret defense stuff? I, I would have added the Russians too, but they're sort of inside the loop these days, and so not much need for them to snoop around. Do you think Ouija yeah. boards could penetrate our, our, our defense security system? I, I, well, possibly, but I do know that the Chinese government employs psychics um, for psychic warfare, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that North, North Koreans also do the same thing. Yeah, all right. Um, do you feel like um, one of the concerns with Ouija boards is like a desperate person seeking to find the truth or would, would just keep on playing until he or she got the answers they wanted, you know? Someone could possibly literally, you know, do this for days on end until they collapsed and possibly died. There's no way a psychic could physically have the stamina to keep on dispensing psychic stuff nonstop, right? Long enough to kill themselves, right? That's, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, all the things I've heard about Ouija boards is that they're kind of a wild card. You just don't know what you're going to pick up, and for that reason, um, it's better to consult with a good psychic than it is a Ouija board. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd need to stop long enough, you know, to take a bathroom break or at least a couple well-balanced meals each day. So, <laughs> I mean, you're a much safer alternative to a board game. I, I'm just stating that for the record. So, all right. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank you uh, for, for being this show's resident psychic. We learned so much from you. <laughs> thank you so much, bud. It's always fun to talk to you. All right. There you have it, Mr. Ted Marr. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. This ain't government cheese, it's Spud. Goodman. Goodman. My baby left me for another guy. She dug him because he had a meth lab in that double wide. Trailer down the street, he had a meth lab In that trailer down the street We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. You know, Spud, if you insist on discussing that syndrome you were talking it's about fact, earlier. Okay. All right. Well, I, I just feel it would be nice if you were honest here and just tell us who in this studio might be suffering from this, in your opinion. Uh, are you referring to Chance the intern? Because I know you're still a little bit upset at him for dating your aunt. Stop it. And I don't want to get involved here, but I think Look, that you I, I, dis- I'm not crazy about some college kid dating my oh, aunt here. Oh, boy. But, but no, Chance does not display traits that I read about with this thing. The Dunning-Kruger effect is, and here, if you weren't listening to my interview with LeVar Burton, let me read the formal definition again. It it is a cognitive bias whereby people who are incompetent at something are unable to recognize their own incompetence, and not only do they fail to recognize their incompetence, they're also likely to feel confident that they're actually really, really competent. Courtney, Chloe. I, I still don't know who you're referring to here. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Are, are, are you 
slyly trying to say that our audio engineer Dave suffers from this because he seems so intelligent to me. Oh, uh, no, Dave is legitimately intelligent. That's for sure. I think his IQ is above 140 or so. Um, no, he, he's not who I'm referring to here. Hmm. Ha, have you not been listening? Do you, do you have a mirror handy? If so, take a long look in it. I don't have a mirror with me, Spud. That is going to have to wait until I get home later and use the one in our bathroom. I think that this is your way of telling me something. If you can give me a second, I have a compact in my purse. Uh, oh. Not necessary, Aunt Dorothy. Okay. I mean, you see, people suffering this will never, ever accept that they are walking, talking examples of it. Uh, I will use my temporary co-host here as a prime example. Do you feel... Be honest here. Do you feel you're a competent, highly skilled professional? Okay, first, it is temporary, permanent co-host. Yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, and I have always been a very high achiever in whatever I've involved myself in. I know that the occasional lackluster grade came from school, poor performance reviews at work, and lack of respect that I suffer at home from my kids yeah, you know, yeah, when, okay, when I help okay, them okay. with their homework. Yeah. I know it's due mostly from others' lack of understanding of my true abilities. Spud. <laughs> My mother told me when I was very young, I was gifted and very special. So I have carried myself with a high degree of confidence, which has served me quite well. I don't think so. Really? Gifted? Yeah, Gerald. I'm not questioning yeah. your mother here, but let's just say you should have gotten a second opinion. What does that mean, Mrs. Jarvitz? My mother was a registered nurse, and she was more than capable of determining if I was gifted. Okay. Well, I feel like I've proven her right in my career. I am the lead salesperson at my other place of employment, South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. And, of course, I'm quite successful here on this radio show. Damn, you got that store jingle by me again. No more of those, man. Serious. Well, well, hey, Gerald, I'm just suggesting that a mother is not a totally unbiased judge of their children's talents. I remember my mother telling me I would one day grow up and be a wonderful cook. Well, two divorces later, and I still can't cook at all. Hell no, you can't! Yeah, you know, I didn't care for either of your husbands. They were both dicks. Oh, true. Um, I mean, let's admit, we both weren't really that good. At marriage? Mm. I mean, let's, let's see. I've got to be real here. Anyway, hey, Mr. Uh, co-host, uh, make yourself useful and check and see if our next guest is ready to go. Yeah, okay. And it's, and it's, it's also permanent, you know, temporary. No, it's temporary. Permanent Tem co what, temporary. But, uh, but uh, anyway, it's the temporary. board is oh, it's temporary permanent. Well, it's temporary oh, first. You guys. Per anyway, the board is telling me your next guest, Aisha Tyler, is holding for you. Now, she's on that Archer show you like so much. And it, it's a cartoon, right? Archer is more than a cartoon. I mean, you should sit your kids down sometime and watch a couple episodes. Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. Oh, yes. I really enjoy Archer. Well, yeah. You know, my kids do love cartoons. Even our oldest, Gerald Jr. You'd think that a high school senior would move on from them. But, you know, right now, he's really into this... Uh, anime thing. I know nothing about it. Hey, bud, what's your problem? Uh, of course you don't. 
Uh, getting back to Aisha, you know, the last time she was on this show, she gave me some good advice on how to make a decent cocktail. I, I think she owns a company that sells them pre-mixed. Ah, nothing like a good cocktail at the end of the day. Right. Or, well, or even at, to start the day for that matter. Yeah, uh, just put her through. Yo, here she is. Welcome back to the show, actress, talk show host, comedian, and author Aisha Tyler. Thanks much for calling in. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So Archer's back with season nine on FXX each Wednesday night at 10, 9 central with the Archer Danger Island storyline. There's been a slight change in setting and characters as it's 1939, correct? Yes. And it's, it's so far, the last three seasons have changed uh, a little bit. And I think that comes uh, the show creator, Adam Reed, who writes all of the episodes. And um, I think I get bored. <laughs> So I think, you know, it's just, you know, it's, most shows have like a room full of guys writing the show, but it's just him. It's his own fertile um, mind. And so, you know, in the beginning, we were spies, obviously. And then uh, and then we got in trouble with the government. We were out in the cold. We became cocaine dealers. Then we were running a banana republic. Then we were in 1940s Los Angeles. Uh, we were uh, private eyes in, in L.A. And now we are on Danger Island. So every every season, there's this kind of fun setting reboot but the characters and their dynamic and their interactions are the same but you i guess your your official title on the, on the show is princess lana loa kalani is that is it weird yeah. leaving behind La, lana anthony kane's life like just oh she may, she may be lurking there somewhere i mean one of the fun things about the show right now is how twisty and uh and layered it is but so lana may be buried in this somewhere but the, but the dynamic that lana has on the show and the dynamic that she has with archer uh, it's it's 100% still in place, uh, and this is one of the funniest uh, seasons we've ever had. There's there's talking monkeys. There's a, a treasure hunt. It's it's an it's an amazing season. So the, so the Lana that people love, she's she's still around. Well, all right, super. I was just 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 asking. So all right, you know. Yeah, like what's what's going on in the show, man? Yeah. Well, I, I was curious. Can the cast members go into the studio and knock out the whole season in a couple hours, or does it take a little longer to do eight episodes? Oh, yeah, it takes a little while. Like, we do an episode maybe every two or three weeks, because that's also the writers, you know, the writing, Adam writing, and the animators and everything, and then getting the show together. And so it takes us about, you know, about eight months to make the show. You know, we start usually around June, and then we're finished in maybe March, I guess we finish. So, yeah, it takes a good chunk of the year. And, and you know, none of us are together. We're all separate when we go in, so... um, I'm, I don't like, you know, John and Jessica are in New York and Judy and Chris and I are in LA and Amber and Lucky are in Matter and, uh, and Adam and are in um, Atlanta. So we're all by ourselves. Go in, takes about an hour to knock out an episode. Huh. All right, super. Well, you're also a regular on the CBS show Criminal Minds playing Dr. Tara Lewis. Do you think the writers will ever run out of fresh criminal minds to dig into? It's 13 seasons so far and it must be tough to come up with new messed up minds. It's interesting because, you know, so much of what we do is based in the real world. And we have a real-life FBI profiler on our writing staff. Uh, and so um, I always joke that when he's written an episode, it's especially upsetting because I, I feel pretty confident that he just took it from an actual FBI file. Um, but, you know, look, for better or for worse, there's, there's always there's no shortage of, of crazy stuff going on in the world. And I think one of the reasons that people love Corona Minds is that you know, everybody likes the idea that there's a group of intelligent, thoughtful people out there, you know, being the good guys and working to save everybody else. 
Um, and I and I show her an article message just gave an interview where she said she feels like she's got plenty of stories still to tell. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. do you ever find yourself profiling friends or family, not regarding criminal behavior, <laughs> but just trying to figure out what makes them tick? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, like my, my character on the show, she's a specific kind of profiler. She's a forensic psychologist. So the way she came to the BAU was that she interviewed serial killers after the fact to kind of behaviorally figure out what, how they ticked so that, you know, she could help other profilers catch bad guys. Um, do I profile in real life? Hmm, that's a really good question. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should more. I mean, the whole concept of the profile is that you don't know it's the, un, uh, the unknown subject, right? I, I know all my jerk friends and what their jerk, their jerk abilities and jerk capacities are. So I don't really need to profile them. I know what they're up to. Yeah, you know, it's a nice skill to have, but I don't know if I would want to be profiled. Not that I'm a potential serial killer, but I do have some off-putting habits. I don't know really if I want people putting them all together and coming up with Yeah, you wouldn't want to see it all on paper, right? You're no. afraid of the, of the portrait it would draw. Yeah. No. Well... <laughs> Uh, Spud? Yeah. Well, you say you would not appreciate anyone profiling you, but that is exactly what you do to me regularly on this show. And now, with this latest false diagnosis, this uh, Dunning-Kruger effect thing you're talking about, well, it's very disconcerting. Um, Aisha, I I need a brief moment. I don't need to profile you. You profile yourself by just being you. It's like reading a freaking billboard. Oh, I would agree. You're an easy read, Gerald. A little kid could figure you out in 15 to 20 seconds. That is not true. True. A a little kid could not do an accurate assessment of me in 15 to 20 seconds. I mean, well, I mean, well, what age child are we talking about? Anyone who was done with breastfeeding should be able to size you up. Now, let me get back to Aisha. Okay, I have returned. Thank you. But okay, let me let me close this conversation with asking you my required standard cliche question. Uh, Aisha Tyler, in, in this case, what has been your most memorable moment on Archer? Anything come to mind? You know, it's so funny because the show's been around for such a long time, and I love it so much. That, but, but but I think like the, the moments that I remember the most are from the first season because that was the seminal season that was the season where it was like oh god i can't believe this hilarious filthy smart show even got picked up like how what are we doing here and i think um all of my favorite like episodes are from that season scorpio and sky Kamek, and um i also do like the the, the storyline where archer gets cancer and he goes on a rampage that's a that's a that's an especially uh, special episode for the show the subject matter was really heavy but we managed to make it uh, like upbeat and uplifting and, and then um, Lana and, and Archer go on this incredible like crazy rampage where she supports him because she loves him even though he's doing crazy stuff which is the temple of their relationship anyway right so that's one of that's definitely one of my favorite all right. Uh, episode. Super. Well, thank you for sharing that. All right. Well, let me remind everyone again that Archer is back for season nine on FXX each Wednesday night at 10, 9 central. We really appreciate you coming back on our show. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Ms. Aisha Tyler. Spud Goodman to Anulo. Spud Goodman to Anulo. For a genuine musical treat, 
Tune in to the Spud Goodman Show, radio's famous program that takes you on a magic carpet of melody to a world of beauty. It's musical guest interview time, so say hey to Matriarch. Please introduce yourselves and your current instrument of choice. Thanks, Spud. Uh, my name is Rachel, and vocal cords are my instrument of choice. Super. Hi, I'm Casey. I play bass. I'm Marietta. I play guitar. My name is Malia. I'm uh, crushing these drums for Aunt Dorothy over here. Doing a heck of a job. Oh, and I love this. All right. So uh, I know all of you don't have any f- to, to give. That's right up front. So, I mean, we know this. Wow. So, so I'm going to tread lightly here. Um, what got you guys interested in starting a band and hitting the road? Oh, gosh. Well, we've all been moving, shaking members of the Seattle music scene for quite a while, and I think we were just tired of not seeing enough rocking babes taking the stage. Too many dudes on stage, huh? Way. Okay. Way. Way too many dudes, Spud. Okay. Way too many dudes. Fine. Well, so the name of the band indicates that you all are uh, quite aware that mostly men run stuff, and it's time that that changes. You know, I'm an old dude myself, but I know the jig's up. I know this. I mean, I'm not dumb. You know, we had a good ride, but fair is fair. Time's you know? coming to an end, Spud. Yeah, I know. So, so um, I, I know women deserve a shot at running stuff now as we sort of screwed everything up, but aren't you going to – let me just be honest with you now. I was just a little, little worried that – we're not all, all guys are going to have to like hold up signs now on street corners like those spinner guys, you know, with signs like I'm a total dick or kick me or anything like that. That's not going to happen, is it? Let's be clear about one thing, Spud. Women have been running the show for quite a long time. I think that a lot of the conversation right now is about women finally getting credit for Ooh. what they've already Ooh. been doing. Touche. So, you know, if you want to keep financially profiting off of the backs of women, then yes, I would get your sign ready and find your favorite posting at your favorite freeway exit ramp. Well, I got a Sharpie. Should it be, I'm a total dick or kick me? I think you can find a piece of cardboard big enough for both. Okay, what super. About wow. Kick right. my dick, maybe. Okay. <laughs> I'm sort of amazed that this you know, didn't happen a long time ago, but how did dudes remain in control, do you think, for so many years? Wow. Well, <laughs> that is a very complicated question. Do we have time to answer that? Oh. No, we really don't. Should we move on? <laughs> Let's move on. On a lighter topic, can I ask what is the band's favorite snack food? Because that's something that, that can bring us all together. Because I'm a big Funyuns guy myself. Champagne. Champagne. Oh, oh. Wow. Top, top shelf stuff are we talking about? Or cheap <laughs> no, stuff? The, oh. the cheap to okay. mid-range stuff. All right. And hot Cheetos. Oh, and tacos, yes. Tacos? Okay. All right, super. Okay, super. All right. So let me ask you, what's the name of the next song? And for our listeners, give us a, a little bit of insight into what it's about. What's the backstory? Uh, this one's next one is called Cataracts. And uh, I may look young, but I actually had cataracts and I've already had them removed. So the song is uh, about my personal experience, honestly. Super. All right. Let's do it. The whole world is up for now, hey! All the colors in timber! Stay away from direct sunlight! Black is great, hey, red is bigger! The whole world is up for now, hey! All the colors in timber! Stay away from direct sunlight! Black is great, hey, red is bigger! I can't see! I'm going blind! I can't see! I'm going blind! The whole world is up for now, hey! All the colors in timber! Stay away from 
tracks on my back is great And running speed I can't see I'm going blind I can't see I'm going blind Put into your party Your brain sucks away Said suck it out Put in the injector Now you're a cyborg And a coma patient A marijuana But what do they have for cataracts? This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hi, this is Cherie Curry from The Runaways, and you are listening to the one and only Spud Goodman Show. Woohoo! Now. <laughs> uh, Spud. Yeah. Well, your last guest, Adam Pally, is on the line. Okay, cool. This is a funny guy. Uh, I know everyone has seen him, you know, somewhere. He's in a ton of indie films and on and TV sitcoms for sure. Oh, I liked him on Happy Endings. Too bad that got canceled. Ha- Happy Endings. It, now, is that a show on that Netflix that you talk about so often? I love the poorly educated. Uh, no, I think it was on ABC. Oh, uh, you could have caught that one on your rabbit ears antenna you have at home. <laughs> But we have a full-size antenna on the roof of our house, for goodness oh, sakes. Excuse me. Yes, we do not spend a fortune each month for entertainment like you, but we do still get all the good shows. Dumbest, most offensive, and most insane things. Uh, you know, there's more to life than all those CSIs and that Blue Bloods show. So much more, but just just put Adam through. Uh, Blue, Blue Bloods is an excellent show. You should tune in sometime, but here, here's Adam. Say hello to actor, writer, and producer Adam Pally. Welcome. Thank you so much, Spud. Yeah. So you have a new movie out, most likely to murder from Lionsgate, and it's available on digital and on demand. It's a great cast, so tell our listeners a little bit about it. Um, sure. Uh, I play a character named Billy, who uh, at one point in his life was like the coolest kid in high school. And now 15 years later, life has been a little more challenging for him. And so he returns home to uh, small town Long Island to kind of reclaim his spot as a top dog and uh, get his old high school girlfriend back. And things don't go exactly how he pictured. Okay. Well... How long did it take to get this project off the ground from like the first word type to now it's released? It's more like in two or three weeks, right? It takes a little bit of time. Yeah, two or three weeks is all it takes to get a movie greenlit. Um, yeah. no, uh, we, we, the writers and I are, are friends from college. Uh, we all lived together when we were 19. And so this oh. idea has been kind of percolating for a long, long time. And then we all went off and had our separate careers and I went on Happy Endings and these guys went on to write for How I Met Your Mom for a long, long time. And then luckily we were able to just kind of like come back together and use all our all the things we've learned in our professional career to do something like this. And it was, it was really exciting. Is there a little tiny tinge of reality like looking back at your high school years in this thing? Um, 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the the main sentiment for everybody is that is that you know high school is interesting because you're you're creating your first it's the first version of yourself you know and then you're allowed to change it and and morph and stuff and so we wanted to look at like what happens when someone doesn't change and 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 maybe not always for the better. Ooh. That's, yeah, in therapy, that's been stated many times. I've heard that. Yeah, anyway, all right, let's move on from that topic. All right. So, well, Spud, uh, it seems like you're revealing a lot to me today, and uh, I hope that you can uh, conquer that in the future. Well, I'm working well, on it. Let's put it that way. Um, so, uh, in addition uh, to your film career, as, as you stated previously, you're, you're a veteran of TV sitcoms with happy endings and uh, The Mindy Project. Uh-huh. I really enjoyed that show a lot. Um Thank you. Are, are a couple you worked on? I, I, those are, you know, there's just a couple. What I was going to ask you was, are the perks about the same? Now, let's compare film to TV. I was wondering if both offer free Wi-Fi and a complimentary USA Today, or is there a big difference between the perks? I think that you're confusing working as an actor for staying in a hotel. Oh. Um, and that's, oh. that's understandable. They both are things humans do um but no there's there's wi-fi sometimes in your trailer if you're lucky but hopefully you're not spending a ton of time in your trailer and there is no complimentary usa today because print is a dying medium it's so sad too but yeah yeah okay all right well you're also an executive producer uh, uh of the president's show on on comedy central it's one of their highest rated shows how easy it to write is it to write that show because as trump's reality is tough to top as far as you know goes you know uh it's it's not as easy as it would seem because he's so outlandish and it's it's it, the things are so dangerous right now in this country with what he's doing and and, yes. and so that you, you really have to go above and beyond him and that can be a challenge um, but that show is very cathartic especially if you're someone who is um, not a fan of the way the country is trending it, sometimes that can seem daunting and so the best way to kind of deal with it for me is to write comedy that can kind of fire a missile at that ship you see that that's way cheaper than therapy. I don't know how much it costs for your uh, to put that show together, but yeah. I, well, I, I have insurance, so I, I, you know, I put my therapy on my insurance, which I urge you to do too. It is it is health. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. That's a good point. All right. Say, Spud. Yes. Well, I know you've mentioned that you're dealing with your feelings of despair and depression, supposedly, from our current commander-in-chief. But although I'm not a mental health practitioner, I think you're imagining them. Hey, Adam, just a sec. Oh, you do, huh? Yeah. Do you think I'm the only American citizen right now who's trying to cope with help from their therapist? I mean, seriously, I have nightmares a couple times a week, and during the day, I often, you know, break down and crying uncontrollable. I mean, oh, tr- I mean, it just, yeah. they, they, they just like hit yeah. me, and I don't even know how to deal with them. I just start crying and I, crying and crying and crying. I know, Spud, I know. I saw you bawling the other day leaving the studio. I know, I, I, I was saw going you over there. to try to comfort you, but I got a call on my cell phone. How would Donald Trump make anyone cry or even be upset? I, I know. I sleep well at night knowing America is now great again. Once you get a handle on your emotions, which obviously come from your upbringing and taste for those wine coolers you're always drinking, you will understand how awesome President Trump is. Yeah, I'm not giving up my wine coolers. And in my happy place, Tom Hanks is the president. My therapist 
taught me that, you know, taught me that uh, coping technique. It's working oh. out really well. But I, I, anyway. All right, I'm back. There's yet one more thing, one other gig that you have as a regular at Funny or Die doing a recurring segment titled Riding Shotgun with Adam Pally. So who gets to ride along with you? What? I'm sorry, what was that last thing? Who gets to ride along with you? Oh, um, you know, that I haven't done that in a long time, and that, that was really just like me experimenting with what I could get away with uh, as myself. I saw one. Comedy. It was kill. It killed. It was great. Uh, yeah. So, so that has kind of morphed to a new idea, which I've been doing in New York on a, a stage show called Vino Diesel. So, if you're in New York and you see Vino Diesel playing, I urge you to go see it. Oh, all right. Um, you know, if, yeah. you, if you were still doing that and you ran out of you know famous people, uh, you know, we, our intern Chance would stay. He would love to ride along with you. I mean, my aunt would would buy his plane ticket. So I'm just saying, if you ever, if yeah, just just put that out there. So. All right. Um. Okay, I'll think about that, but uh, hard pass. Okay, all right, whatever. Um, so, Adam, is there a project that you have your sights set on in the future, something that you really want to do, but so far you can't get the go-ahead? I mean, maybe besides playing Batman, or, but anything else? <laughs> I would love to be in a superhero movie besides, uh, like, a, a, a cameo character. Uh, I, I'd like to do a, a, a biopic um you know, I've been batting around some ideas of famous people I'd like to play. So I think that is something I'm, I'm looking at next. Well, super. All right. You teased us. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go because <laughs> I'm sure you got meetings and other things to do. So um, let me remind everyone that your new movie, Most Likely to Murder, is now available for viewing on digital and on demand. Thanks a bunch for coming on our show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. There you have it, Mr. Adam Pally. All right, getting back to that Dunning-Kruger effect deal, I don't think I did a very good job of explaining to everyone now listening what it is. As every day, you know, we're hit with a new story on some syndrome or malady when we log on to social media. So let me try again and, and maybe use the obvious poster boy for this effect, my, my co-host here. Yes! Well, besides Donald Trump. Oh, well, I would be glad to refute your assessment that I suffer from this because nothing could be further from the truth. It seems to me you're showing signs of this this condition by That's your misdiagnosis of me having this. I, I, I'm about to show you up on this one, Spud. Go ahead, ask me anything. I love the poorly educated. No, oh, I wouldn't taunt Spud. That never turns out well for anyone. Um, okay, let me let me ask you this. Do you consider yourself well-versed in, say, mathematics, like adding, subtracting, you know, division? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I always got great grades in math. I am very skilled working with numbers. In fact, my mother felt I was exceptionally gifted in this area and should have been placed in the high achiever classes, but for some reason, school officials did not share her opinion. Yeah. It, it was uh -huh. very confusing. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, let me start you off with one of those so you think you're smarter than a fifth grader question, okay? Okay. Uh, what is the square root of four? Uh, okay, the square root of four. Uh, well, that would be, uh, you know, that's negative two. Yeah, yeah, negative two. 
Uh, the correct answer is positive two. I mean, I don't want to get picky here, but uh, your answer is incorrect. Oh, Gerald, maybe math is not your strength. Okay, what? No, no, I, I'm very knowledgeable in mathematics. Oh, okay. no. Ask okay. me another one, Spud. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, what is 240 times 2 divided by 3? Um, and do you need some scratch paper to do your calculation? Uh, understand that this, this is fifth grade stuff, so most kids could do this in their heads. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. I can do it at uh, two, 240 times 2 divided by 3. Uh, sure, okay, it would be... Uh, 240 times 2 divided by 3. It would, it would be... Okay, the answer is 140. Yeah, 140. That's your final answer? That is my final answer, 140. Yeah, you should have asked for a lifeline, man. The correct what? answer is 160. Hey, I'm uh, not that good at math either, but the thing is, I am well aware of it. Yeah, Gerald, being weak in math is nothing to be ashamed of. I think I got a B- minus in calculus in high school. That was my only non-A in four years, and it still stings to this day. Why, why don't we try another category? How about science? Alive! Not a scientist. Nah, never mind. I mean, you're I, in that I goofy group of people that thinks the Earth is 6,000 years old. Hey, do you well, also believe that the Earth is flat, too? I, I've never asked you that. Okay, first, Spud, the Earth is roughly 6,000 years old. But give me a break. The evidence is clear that the Earth is round. Come on, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Oh, okay, all right. How about we give U.S. history a shot? Okay, Here's something right. you should get. What was the capital of the Confederate Army during the Civil War? Oh, okay, the capital. You you mean you mean where it was based in the South? Well, it wasn't in the northern states. <laughs> okay, all right. I believe. Okay, the capital of the Confederacy. So, so I believe that was in Alabama. So I'm gonna say uh, I believe uh, Mob Mobile. Uh, it was in <laughs> Richmond, Virginia. So no, uh, that is not accurate. How about we shut this down? Uh, there, there's no need to further publicly embarrass you. And, oh, my. Well, isn't your youngest Dwight in the fifth grade right now? And, and does, your, does your wife let the kids listen to our show? I hope not. Oh, no, heavens, no. Th this show, given your liberal bias, is clearly not appropriate for our kids. You are a member of the mainstream media, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, proud, proud member. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't want to gloat here, but it's obvious you are a prime example of someone who displays that Dunning-Kruger effect. You may think uh, you are really, really smart, but the facts are I am. you're not. You're not. So, And if it, if it makes you feel less like a loser, just remember, according to this study, that there are millions of others in this country suffering from it, too. These guys, they make millions of dollars. They're smart as hell. No, it seems to me the simple cure for this effect is for people like you, Gerald, to just admit to yourself that you are really not that smart. It's an easy fix. Yeah, I mean, there's no shame in admitting you are mediocre. You know, I, I have I, no I, problem living with that label. It's followed me throughout my life. I gotta admit the truth. It turned me on. Well, it's just not true. I am extremely smart. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, the word brilliant was often used by mm -hmm. my parents when they described me to others while I was growing up. Oh, boy. I, listen, I would like a retest, please. The questions were flawed as I know I am smart. I can handle things. I'm smart. 
you know, this is not the SATs where you can like keep paying to do the test until you get it right. I don't have time for that. Well, if I did, I mean, I, I could ask you a hundred questions and you would still not be considered smart or above average. I, I'm but smart. big deal. You know, I'm kind of sorry I even brought up the topic. Yeah, being dull is tough to accept. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Jeez. Anyway, I got to close the show. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. I, I, I'm not dull, you guys. Uh, God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here is Matriarch. Goodman Show is produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Trevor Jastad, executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Associate producer and video director TJ Pites. Production assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2018 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.
Thanks, bud. Aunt Dorothy. 